everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians, and they are a fascinating bunch of people. It'll be a great time, and I hope you can handle it. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. Today's guest is a tango guitarist and dancer from Argentina. He's got a bit of a technical background and holds a PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford University. He helped develop audio technology for big name companies such as Gibson Guitar and Silicon Graphics. As a dancer, he was part of the cast in the 2011 show Tango Fatal, directed by forever tango lead dancer Jorge Torres. As a musician, he is also the co-founder of the internationally renowned group Trio Garufa. And with me now is Guillermo Garcia. Guillermo, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Okay, just to get right into things. So can you describe the moment or moments, there might have been more than one, when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? Well, I grew up uh, in Argentina mm -hmm. with tango, so there was not a single moment. Uh, it just happened because ah. when I was a baby, mm -hmm. you know, tango was on TV and on radio all the time. Um, so it was very common to be watching tango on TV, uh, either orchestra, singers, dancers. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just the way it goes. Uh, there's not a single moment where I decided I want tango to be a people, you know, a part oh. of my life. Just I, I started uh, playing tango guitar at age 10. Wow. So what made you want to pick up the guitar? Uh, my um, kindergarten teacher mm -hmm. brought her husband to play guitar for us oh. and I remember that scene very clearly um, and I was obsessed with the guitar since then uh, wow. yeah I remember harassing my parents and grandparents <laughs> to get a guitar mm. and <laughs> I I took my first lesson when I was 10 years old mm -hmm. um, and wow. then there were a couple of other moments where it was a very striking beginning moment for mm -hmm. me um, to play the music that's when I saw two of the major Argentine uh, guitarists um, in, uh, in concert. Mm. Uh, one of them was uh, Eduardo Falú, okay. who uh, is, is considered one of the legends of Argentine music. And wow. Another one as well, his name was Cacho Tirao, mm -hmm. guitarist of Piazzolla. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that really inspired you to, to be a musician yourself? Oh, yeah. When Cacho Tirao came to town and played the big theater in the city, uh, mm -hmm. my mom took me backstage to meet him. Oh. I was 10. Wow. And, yeah, and she told him, you know, Guillermo is starting to play guitar. And mm -hmm. I remember that moment. Uh, it was very striking to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did he say anything to you that uh, that's remains, uh, that was inspirational to you? No, I think no, it was okay. too early. I okay. think it was too early, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was the, the first tango you remember learning on the guitar? <laughs> uh, the first tango I learned on the guitar was uh, La Comparsita. Ah. And uh, I was 10 years old. Then the second one was Adios Muchachos. Mm. Yeah. And then I played Caminito, mm -hmm. you know, and other classics. <laughs> That's great. 
when was your first uh, performance as a musician? Was it also when you were around that age, young? Um, well, no. At that time, I was only performing for family. Okay. Um, a public performance um, when I was, let me see, about... 20 or 19, I started performing at a nightclub mm. um, as a solo guitarist. A nightclub, I mean a, like, a, like a jazz club slash okay. nightclub. Yes. Nice. So um, while you were becoming a musician, were you also dancing? Um, when I was becoming a musician, I was not dancing because it was not cool. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, from what I understand, uh, you know, tango was for a, for a time. It's changed now, but it was something that our older generation um, was known for doing, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, it was for for kids. It was not something that we wanted to do, but mm. we grew up watching it on TV and seeing it at you know, adventure parties. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was not hip. <laughs> yeah. So when did you start? Um, when did you start learning to dance? Much later. Um, I started in my late twenties mm -hmm. or even thirty years old. And this happened. Um, I think this is a common phenomenon. When you leave your country, mm -hmm. you rediscover your country from far away. Uh, yes. Um, the things that the things that you've been taking for granted mm -hmm. uh, are are now seen in a different light. Mm -hmm. And I moved out of Argentina to France mm -hmm. um, to study and work and. Uh, in France, I uh, really became interested in dancing mm. tango. So mm -hmm. I started uh, taking lessons. There were a bunch of Argentine uh, teachers mm -hmm. there and uh, Uruguayan teachers as well. I took lessons and started from them. I never stopped. Oh, wow. So you fell in love with the dance in, in time as well. Uh, yeah, much later though. Okay, okay. Yeah, so just kind of to, to pull things back to uh, tango. So now you're you're also teaching tango, right? Yes. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners are are relatively new to tango. They're they're very quickly falling in love with the dance. Um, I'm sure you know what. I'm sure you remember what that was like. And they're just starting to come to milongas, and they're still a little bit nervous. So other than observing, you know, basic customs such as floor craft and using cabaseo. What advice would you give um, somewhat newer dancers um, to help make their milonga experiences more enjoyable? You mean, <laughs> you mean as far as the social dynamics or as far as the dancing? Ah, well, let's start with the social dynamics, then we'll get to dancing. <laughs> I think the social dynamics uh, focus on socializing. Socializing is the essence of, of the milonga. Um, what happens often is that we become too focused on the dance itself, and mm -hmm. then it becomes a little sportive, like um, you know, like it's a movement discipline, whereas it should be more of a socializing experience, in, mm -hmm. you know, with with dance. Yeah. Uh, as far as the music or as far as the dance itself, I. I strongly recommend focusing on the music because mm -hmm. uh, um, the reason tango dance exists mm -hmm. is not because of the movements and the cool steps is the music mm -hmm. and um, you know the people who invented this dance a uh, hundred years ago they, they 
danced because they loved the music in the first place. They wanted to, they were moved by the music. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would say go deep into the music mm -hmm. and, and do not stay with only the repertoire that's played at the milongas. Go mm -hmm. beyond that into the full spectrum of traditional tango. Ah, yes. So uh, you have a very, very interesting professional background. You hold a PhD in electrical engineering, is it? Yeah, that's correct. Wow, that's great. And then I, I heard you used to work for Gibson Guitars as well. Yes, yes. That's actually um, the company that brought me to the States from oh, France. Okay. Gibson. Wow. Uh, they, they had a lab here in Berkeley, in California, mm -hmm. for research. Um, yeah, that was a very exciting experience. Yeah. So being an engineer and also being this wonderful creator of music and a dancer, did, did the, all of those disciplines and experiences have they, um, that's got to have some sort of effect on, on you as a, as a band leader and creating music? Yeah, I guess. Yes. It's <laughs> like an integral ensemble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting how uh, tango and music, how they take us on these amazing journeys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of um, your own in, uh, journey as a tango student and, and one who's learning music, what are s some moments or some pieces of advice that teachers have given you over the years that have really influ influenced your development as as both a teacher or, or a musician? Oh, you mean as a teacher or a musician? I'm sorry, or, as a dancer, a dancer or, 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 or musician. <laughs> or, or teacher as well, but yeah. I know, it's a lot to, um, lot to process. As, as a musician, is um, you know, so many things. Um, uh, from from teachers, um, I mean, what was the single piece of advice that inspired me most? That's what, what you're asking, right? Uh, yeah, or yeah. or it could be it could be a, a a little piece here, a little piece there. Um, yes, I'm talking about turning points in. in uh, one turning point. One turning point is when when this amazing uh, dancer from Buenos Aires came to live in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, his name was Nestor Rey. Mm. And he was uh, a very well-respected dancer in Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. considered, you know, a, a maestro from the older generations. And he um, told me, you know, when you dance, try to create rhythms. Mm. You can do rhythms. So th that stuck with me forever, like uh, the idea of not creating steps but mm -hmm. creating rhythms and the steps are you know an improvisation um, but the point being interpreting rhythms are in the in the head mm -hmm. or in the heart uh -huh. and especially with orchestras like that in so Biage, you know the rhythmic orchestras is mm -hmm. very that was very inspiring to me to think of it in terms of rhythm more than steps ah and the, he has some YouTubes where you can see uh, La Bruja by Nestor Rey uh, mm -hmm. Very inspiring. It's a totally rhythm-based okay. approach. Great. Yeah. And how about as a as a musician? Were there were there any mentors or teachers who've provided nuggets of information that have uh, influenced the way you play now? Yes, many. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, a lot of that by just um, you know listening to them, even if they didn't tell me anything, just listening. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the big um, 
Legends of Argentine guitar was mm-hmm. extremely, extremely uh, shaping for me in, in the way I play. Mm-hmm. Um, Atahualpa Yupanqui, mm-hmm. uh, guitarist, singer in Argentina, uh, he, you know, redefined the way to play guitar in, mm-hmm. in Argentinian style. Uh, Eduardo Falú, um, whom I uh, mentioned earlier, um, and then uh, a guitarist who is considered the best in history of tango, mm-hmm. Roberto Guerrilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, those people listening to to their recordings or, or the times I was able to listen to them live uh, mm-hmm. was extremely, extremely uh, influencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess what I, I mean, there's so much, but um, a lot of it has to do with them making the instrument behave like a singer mm. uh, so treating the guitar as a singing voice mm-hmm. more more than a, a plucked instrument i see so uh, currently you are with this wonderful tango group uh, trio garufa um but mm-hmm. as a as a tango musician i'm sure you've collaborated with with other musicians before um so just out of curiosity when you uh, are about to you know collaborate with other musicians um, when you meet them for the first time, is there any indication uh, that you have that this is going to be a good group of people to work with? Yes. Um, if you are talking about playing tango music, uh, mm-hmm. their love for tango music in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the love for the genre, that is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, it's very different when somebody's... Um, wanting to play um, the music because they love it as opposed to just I uh, want to read a score and mm. play whatever's written, written in the score mm-hmm. um, which is okay but it's not the same ah. um, yeah so that that would be the indication is the, the amount of love <laughs> in you know I, I've been humming this melody in my head uh, mm-hmm. it can't go away you know buscando te by fresedo uh, yeah uh, and I really want to play it because I love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out the chords. And everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that more than uh, I want to play tango. Let's find some scores, mm-hmm. which seems uh, superficial to me. I see. I see. So with you, with your current group, how do you how do you decide which? Well, I guess if you're if you're going to think of recording um, a, 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 you know a, a, an older classic tango song in your interpretation, how do you decide which which ones to um, to play? I mean, there's so many beautiful songs to choose from. Yeah, there's, I know there's too many. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. It just—I think you gotta follow your heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, sometimes we are humming the melody of a tango over and over again, and mm-hmm. uh, and we, as a musician, we want to play that tango, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, there's different styles uh, within traditional tango. Yes. And I decide in function of okay, I want to play a little bit of this style, a little bit of that style, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a, a rhythmic style, there's a more melodic open style mm-hmm. where you can harmonize a lot, and emphasis being more harmony. So, and then there's three different rhythms, you know, it's about covering the, the spectrum while playing the songs that we love. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a while back, I had uh, Miguel de Genova of Otros Aires uh, on the show, and I asked him a question, and I want to ask, I want, I'd love to hear your answer to the question. 
Um, and that's when you are touring through, uh, through other countries and playing uh, at milongas in, in different countries. And you see people who love tango in all of these different international cities. Does the culture of the country, do you see that the, each country's individual culture, do you see that influencing the dancers in those countries as you're, yes. as you're playing? Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the culture of the, the local country, you mean? Right. Yes. Right. Uh, I, I, I think so. Um, you know, there's different emphasis or emphasis on different things, I would say. Mm-hmm. My, my perception, if you want me to expand on that. Sure, is sure, that, absolutely. Um, my perception, for example, when I went to Korea, mm-hmm. um, was that the, there was a lot of focus on walking, Mm-hmm. And, and the fundamentals, mm-hmm. and um, I think um, what I see in the U.S. Uh, there's more focus on steps, mm-hmm. on figures, mm-hmm. um, and um, I think that has to do with the you know with the idiosyncrasy of the people. Yeah. But of course, this is just this is just statistical talk. It's just mm-hmm. averages. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yes, of course. There's you know a lot of variation everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody's unique. Yeah, I, I yeah I imagine that must be a wonderful thing for you as a performer to be able to to people watch in in all these different places. Yes, yes, of course. It's yeah. uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fascinated by humans. <laughs> it's ex- extremely interesting to. Yeah. people watch, yes. Yeah. I kind of want to switch gears now into your experiences as a tango teacher. So how did you get started in, in teaching? Can you describe that journey? Yes. Uh, I uh, People started asking me to teach musicality mm-hmm. uh, workshops in the mm-hmm. Bay Area. Okay. Um, that was about year 2000. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how I started. Uh, it was a musical angle. Uh, I was teaching, you know, not only rhythms, um, uh, ways to interpret the music, but how it relates to tango technique. Mm-hmm. Because really, without the technique, it's hard to interpret the music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like playing a musical instrument. If mm-hmm. your fingers don't respond, you, you can't be musical on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I started. And then um, at some point, um, I became more interested in... Uh, teaching what today they call tango salon mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot of value in, in the material there and uh, and then um, years many years about eight years ago um, there was a visible shortage of milonga classes mm-hmm. in, okay. in San Francisco so I opened a milonga class which I've been teaching every Thursday since mm-hmm. then nice it's kind of interesting how when you mentioned about Americans, I think it's absolutely true how m- most uh, are very focused on steps. And I was one of those those students when I, in my earlier my own tango journey who was just wanted to learn uh, learn the steps. And it took me a while to to really start feeling uh, that music. So how do you introduce uh, that mu- the concept of musicality um, to to students? Because that's it's so important. Yes, it's uh, so important and so hard to teach. Mm. Uh, the the main fundamental element is that you know I think whoever wants to dance tango needs to be in love with the music. 
there, that is like a requirement. Mm -hmm. uh, the music has to be emotionally moving, and mm -hmm. then it's way easier to teach, uh, especially musicality. But the way I approach it is in terms of elements in mm -hmm. the music, and there's elements at different levels. There's you know there's a beat, so mm -hmm. there's sort of a clock, mm -hmm. right, uh, with a tempo, a speed, and then. On top of that structure, there's more structures, there's a measure, mm -hmm. and on top of the measure, there are rhythms, mm. and there are rhythms that are specific to tango music, mm -hmm. that, that make tango sound like tango. Mm -hmm. Same goes for milonga, same goes for waltz. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how I teach it, in terms of elements of increasing um, complexity. I see. I, I don't like um, teaching, I don't like um, encouraging students to use their left brain mm -hmm. when listening to music. For example, I don't like um, counting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, it's very common to count the beats. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's eight counts in dance are very common. Right, but right. I, I, I prefer using a pattern recognition approach uh, okay we I think we I think we can uh, work with rhythms mm -hmm. without counting um, okay because the the perception of rhythm happens in the other side of the brain in mm -hmm. the right brain okay and it's a pattern it's the, the part of the brain that recognizes patterns mm -hmm. uh, is way faster than the analytical left brain that, right. that counts mm -hmm. yeah I'm glad you brought that up um, I mean, although this listening for, to, to beats and counting, it's, of course, that's a very simple technical way. But while you're on the dance floor, it's awfully difficult to, to, to feel your partner in the embrace and to be counting and, and oh my doing God. all that. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's truly, um, uh, you know, getting out of our heart and into our brain and, mm -hmm. and the analytical part. And that's the worst thing you can do to dancing, mm. uh, I think. Um, it's like, uh, you know, imposing a, a ruler on top of a beautiful painting. <laughs> that's a very good way of, of, of putting it, yeah. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's very difficult, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I would say, you know, for example, I always give the following example. When you knock on a door, mm -hmm. you know how it's common rhythms to knock in on a door, for example. I don't know if you can hear. Yeah. You yes. can hear that? Yes. Yeah. So that popular rhythm for knocking on a door, uh, most people can do that and mm -hmm. nobody counts. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no one's going to criticize your, your rhythm. Yeah, there. you're just working with a rhythm pattern. So mm -hmm. I think in musicality, the same approach works much better. Mm. Of course, for that, you need to learn the tango rhythms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you've visited uh, many, many different tango communities. You've danced with uh, many different people, met different people all over the world. So in your opinion, what do the really good communities have in common? The love for the music, mm -hmm. the dedication to listening mm -hmm. to music, uh, the interest for the art form. Mm -hmm. So they're not limited to the dance as a movement discipline, mm -hmm. uh, but they are engaged from a deeper angle. 
mm-hmm. which is the, the passion for the music. Mm. Okay. I think that's what wants, uh, that does, I think that's what makes us want to work on fundamentals in the dance. For example, it's really it feels great to do a simple, beautiful walk mm-hmm. when the music itself is walking. Yeah. Um, because we love that aspect of tango music, how much it walks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he is, he makes us a little less um, pretentious, per se, in that we feel that we are less than the music. So mm-hmm. if the music walks, we we just give it our best walk mm-hmm. without trying to do some, you know, flashy figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad you say that. Um, many have also said this, but the point you made is, I think, is something that we uh, we really can't stress enough. Just as a really nice walk is so wonderful in in, in tango. Uh, yes, it's, well, it's actually really difficult to make yeah. it feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does take a lot of work to make it feel good, but uh, it's so much worth it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to, to tango, and I suppose it would be the same with music, um, I've heard there's always something new to learn, um, or perhaps there's always something about the fundamentals, um, I guess a more in-depth level of the fundamentals that we, that we discover. So is there anything uh, about tango dancing or tango music, that, something new about those forms that you've learned, or is there something... Uh, some sort of deeper level of understanding that you've recently discovered for yourself? Um, it's more of an inner process that's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as far as uh, whether something is new for me, mm-hmm. uh, like a sensation, for example, mm-hmm. or, or an image, a visual image of the couple or of the embrace, yeah, there are new things coming up all the time inside my, my head, right? Uh, now, as far as the, the dance itself, if you are asking me <clears throat> whether there is something new in the dance itself, mm-hmm. as far as developments, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, there has been new things all along in the last hundred years. Uh, I think tango dance, uh, you know, kept evolving mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah. Uh, during the whole century, at every single decade. Uh, uh, so, but uh, but so I don't know if you're asking me about that or about my inner process uh, as far as my inner experience. How about your uh, inner yeah. experience? I think that the viewers would love to hear about your 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 inner experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I tend more and more towards using my right brain and mm-hmm. less my left brain. <laughs> 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 I tend more and more of uh, um, uh, to thinking of, uh, for example, the embrace, uh, something that has nothing to do with a frame, has nothing to do with any mechanical mm-hmm. uh, coupling between two people, mm-hmm. but it's more of um, a human gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for every single step I take, I, you know, I that's the direction I go into thinking of moving as a human being more than a dancer. Ah. Yeah. So how would I take this step in a way that feels totally natural to me? Mm-hmm. All right. So Guillermo, what uh, what future projects are you working on? <laughs> um, I'm working on uh, some guitar material. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
for next year, okay. um, I I'm working on recording mm -hmm. uh, some tango music uh, on guitar. The guitar in Argentina is a very important instrument. is um, the base the basis for most um, rhythms mm -hmm. in uh, including tango and uh, folk music. Uh -huh. in every region of Argentina. So it's, oh. it's, it's an instrument that Argentinians see as, as a national instrument. Okay. And, um, and I, I think um, I'm overdue for releasing a tango guitar album. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my immediate project. Okay, good. Good, yeah, I, I, at my own milongas, I do play a fair num a pretty good number of Trio Garufa music that's that's quite popular here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of, of music, when you think of original tango compositions to to create, is there a is that also a very intuitive right brain process for you, or is there a yeah. is there a, a, a method yeah. that you have? Well, there's a mix of mm -hmm. um, first of all the composition in tango in particular. Um, there's a lot of composition that happens uh, at the arrangement level. So when we play a classic from the 1920s, 1930s, um, we, you know, we never play the same way. It's not like classical music where there is one way to play it. Right. Um, so there's a, you know, a melody and a harmony that were set by the composer, mm -hmm. and that even is a little flexible in that it's nice to respect the melody, but it's also kind of required to play some variations of the melody and mm -hmm. then some other melodic lines are called counter melodies and then the harmony, the chords, you mm -hmm. can play with that as well mm -hmm. as every orchestra did and so that's why every orchestra has their own version. So there's mm -hmm. a composition element at that level where you're not composing your own song yet you're composing the full accompaniment because there's infinite ways to accompany a tango and then the mm -hmm. melody um, if you make any variations or even within a tango you had the freedom to compose an introduction for example I see. or an intermezzo okay. um, so uh, and then uh, original compositions i think it's a mix of you know right brain so what comes to your heart, mm -hmm. but there's also an, an element of analysis. Uh, you mm -hmm. can think, you know, for example, I want to compose a melody, you know, that resolves not on the usual beats of the measure. Mm -hmm. Like typically would resolve on a strong beat of the measure. Well, I, I want to compose a melody that resolves on beat four of the okay. measure, which is more unusual, or a melody that's more syncopated, or I want to compose a tango that uses this harmonic idea mm -hmm. and you start that is left brain right mm -hmm. but then but then within that you start playing with those chords and something might come to to your right brain yeah <laughs> right so i think it's a mix okay it's the same it's the same as studying the dance i mean really for studying tango dancing i don't want to say that it's not good to use your left brain it's great to go to a practice and stop mm -hmm. the dance mm -hmm and start reasoning in terms of structure of the steps. You know, I took this outside partner step on this side. Well, mm -hmm. how about I take it on the other side mm -hmm. and see what happens and analyze all permutations of an idea and things like that are very useful, but not at the milonga, at, mm. at the practical. I see. So are you going to a milonga tonight or performing tonight? 
<laughs> I'm teaching uh, the last Milonga class in the year. Oh, today. okay. Okay, so uh, Guillermo, where can we find more information about you online? Um, I have a website that's tangoguitar.com. Okay, okay. Um, and we can and also find Facebook goes. Okay, and Facebook, and we can also find you, um, find information about you on the Trio Garufa website as well. And there's the triogarufa.com website as well. Okay. All right, Guillermo, thank you again so much for, for taking the time to, to speak to me. And I think that uh, a lot of what you've had to share will be very useful to our listeners. And I know you have a super busy schedule, um, but yeah, it's really, really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. And I'll have all that information you gave me about your web, websites and Facebook uh, in our show notes. And so people will be able to look you up once they uh, download the podcast. Oh, sounds great. Thank you okay. so much. All right. Thank you. Okay. It was fun talking to Guillermo. I'm a big fan of Trio Garufa, and I'm sure many of you are as well. I really liked how Guillermo brought up the importance of intuitive versus analytical thinking while dancing tango. And if we have trouble with our dancing, maybe it's because we're using analytical thinking at the wrong time. And I really liked how Guillermo said that practicas and classes are a better time for analytical thinking, while being at the milonga is a time to embrace our intuition. And from his musical perspective, I really appreciated his explanation of how tango music really comes to life at the arrangement level, unlike classical music, where you pretty much play the sheet music in front of you. And if tango music exists in this state of uh, constant creative flux, depending on who the musician is, then it makes sense that the dance itself deserves a great deal of intuitive input as well. So that's something to think about at the next Malanga. Thank you again, Guillermo, for your thoughts and insights. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Joe's Tango Podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, if you're still listening, how would you like to win a brand new Amazon Echo Dot? Well, I'm giving one away, and here's what you need to do for a chance to win it. It's very easy. If you're enjoying this podcast, head over to iTunes or Stitcher, give Joe's Tango Podcast a good rating and a review, then click that subscribe button. Then email me a copy of the review so I can easily cross-reference it and remember to include your name in the email. I will put your name in a hat and on Valentine's Day 2018, I will pick a random winner from my hat and that winner could be you. If it is you, I'll contact you to find out where to ship your prize and you'll want to email your name and review to wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. Again, this is a brand new second generation Amazon Echo Dot. It is a very cool gadget and it also works as a Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to Joe's Tango podcast in style. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang. Talk to you again soon. Music